right. All right. We're recording. Joe. Yeah. Joe, first of all. Yeah, right. This is our second attempt at a podcast. Correct. I was already laughing at me. Anyway, it's our second attempt at a podcast. And we decided that on some of these podcasts, we're going to review movies. And Correct. Movie of the week. In New York, 1997, the entire city is a walled maximum security prison. The bridges are mined. The rivers are patrolled. And the United States police force has everything under control, they think. from New York, the high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. And if he comes back alone, his nightmare has just begun. Who are you? John Carpenter's Escape from New York. E-F-N-Y, as I like to call it. Escape from New York. Escape. That's right. right. Sidekick is gone, so that's good. All right, so it's Escape from New York. Joel, before we start, I just want to say Joel is a number one. What did I teach you? You boss for the Duke of New York. You're a number one. <laughs> By the way, you know who that was? I mean, that was Chef. It, it was Chef. That's was right. Chef. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It was it was Isaac Hayes. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the chef. All right, yeah. So and and do you know who his number one henchman was? The guy that was like right behind him in every scene. The the guy the the heat miser. Uh, I yeah, I I don't know who that heat miser is, but I know the actor. Um, it was uh Bill Withers, another famous R and B. Really, star, it was Bill Withers, Roll Hall of Famer. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, it wasn't Bill died. Withers. So that wouldn't be good. Yeah, right, I, I, let's I get into this. It. All right, yeah. so John Carpenter, who also did Halloween, he wrote, produced, directed, and wrote the music for this movie. Did you know that? I mean, I thought, I thought it's funny you talking about the music because it was like, I thought it was, uh, John Carpenter's like, like, uh, good for nothing, like stepson that had a Moog, um, you know, and was just jamming away on it. That's what I assumed it was. Cause that's what it's so like. He walked into the studio and he said, listen, guys, I'm going to do everything here. I'm going to write the music. <laughs> I want to know how that went over. I guess if he never had success in Halloween, then he never would have been able to do this. Now, another side note about Halloween, his co-writer on this yeah. played Michael Myers in Halloween. The actual actor that did, was Michael Really? Was a co-writer of this. I, 
That guy's like a triple threat, writes and acts, and probably dances as well. That's fantastic. So, so wonderful early 80s movie, Escape from New York. All right, so let's get into so, so I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm, I'm thumbing through my, my bullet journal or my journal, right? Which, and because I wrote down some notes, but I'm having trouble finding them. So I'm going to have to look at my table of contents. Right, well, first of all, um, all right, let, let's do a little summary. So in the year, this, is, this was filmed in 1981, but the movie takes place in futuristic 1997. Please keep that. Correct. Correct. For some reason, wait, We're, for some reason... They decided to wall off Manhattan and put a jail there. They couldn't find any other island? That's my question. Well, well, that's right. I mean, they should have, if they were going to use any of the boroughs, it should have been Staten Island because we all know that place is worthless. And it's already got a landfill. So, I mean, why Manhattan? But I think it's because when did, I don't know when Taxi Driver came out, but I assume they were thinking of the, uh, the, you know, taxi driver version of Manhattan, as opposed to, you know, the Giuliani era era of Manhattan. That's that's what I think. Maybe the maybe the Dinkins era of but, Manhattan. I'm but not. So, sure. do you think Congress sat around and said, "I can't think of any other island but Manhattan to put a bunch of criminals into"? Well, I mean, I think you, again, you got to look at what the what the dystopian situation was, and it was some weren't they kind of like religious fanatics, or am I getting that from Escape from no, L.A.? No that, that I, involved. These are just the arch criminals that cr- criminal. So apparently, crime. Well, though no, I meant I meant like the government, like the government had you know sort of no. become this sort of no. like no. So violent right. crime. Maybe I'm just projecting. Yeah, violent here. crime went up four hundred percent. In 1988, and, and why? Do you have any? Why do you think that happened? Yeah, but I, I just my question is why Manhattan, and my second question is, um, uh, we'll get to it in a second. So, so apparently there's this prison in Manhattan, and the president is on Air Force One, and terrorist takes over the plane and starts moving towards Manhattan to crash it into Manhattan right there. I right. forgot about that. It gave me the creeps. Yeah, that was. And and starkly, I'm sure everybody who was watching saw uh, the, the Twin Towers in the foreground. Um, and it was uh, it was pretty grim. It was it was frightening. But but just I agree. And but here's the real question. Is there a giant egg inside Air Force One? That's, Is there a pod? I, I, I thought yes. that myself. Um, but I did not realize how much the World Trade Center was centered to this movie. A lot of it takes place in the World Trade Centers. A lot of it. And I've totally forgotten about right, that. They, and definitely gave me the, the willies when I was watching this movie. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's an iconic piece of uh, Manhattan and uh, apparently is, uh, well, it used to be the uh, the tops you could, were big enough to land a glider on, which, which I thought, you know, was- <laughs> a stealth. You know, impressive. In 19, we'll we'll yeah. get that, to that part in a second, but I have two questions about um, Manhattan again. Why wouldn't yeah. they, even if they decided to make Manhattan a giant prison, why wouldn't they have moved the Statue of Liberty somewhere else? <laughs> why would they have just left? I, I, <laughs> right. That's a great question. I mean, you think you could just like put that on a barge and like just ship it to New Jersey, you know, but I... I, Do you I think know. they got art it's, out of museums? 
I have no idea. I, I mean, did you recognize any part of, of, of New York like, as they were driving? You know where this was filmed, by the way? Oh. It was filmed in uh, Staten Island, Missouri. I swear to God. Oh, okay. Well, that, that makes sense. East St. Louis, yeah, and, I, and, should, and, I assume. And yeah, and Grand Central Station was where the fight took place. I definitely recognize oh, okay. New York. New York right. Now, here's my other question on the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Why was the president British? Good evening. Although I shall not be present at this uh, historic summit meeting, I present this in the hope that our great nations may learn to live in peace. <laughs> Why did he tell me the British I, accent? <laughs> I, mean, he was, I don't know. He was in Halloween. I know I, that, but why? I, correct. I think it was just a favorite of John Carpenter. I, I, I guess, but I'll, I think at some point he seemed to have kind of a Southern accent as well. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird. British Southern accent. Now, oh, now yeah. let's talk about. And when you find your notes, we talk about your stuff too. But let's talk about one more thing about nineteen futuristic nineteen ninety seven. Besides yeah. the stealth glider, it was the shittiest tech of all time. <laughs> his his, what, his what? watch was crazy. The computers had were giant, huge. They had blinking lights everywhere. Is that really in 1981? Thought well, okay, so, so right. So this is 1997. So the tech, I agree. The, the tech was advanced enough to a place you know, Microsoft, microscopic explosives in someone's <laughs> neck, and yet they still recorded data on cassette tapes. <laughs> right. No CDs back then. We'll get to that. And what about the size? What about the size of the digital watch? I got some questions about the, you know, the watch that kept track of how much time he had left. Right. I mean, the thing was like bigger than a, than a, than probably what was a, you know, a, a Timex at the time, which was, you know, a sort of normal sized watch. I don't know why it was so huge, but just to talk about the, the, uh, shortfalls of like the the movie crew's technical inability. Now, at the end of the movie, I hate to spoil it for anyone. There's this countdown as Snake Plissken is trying to get over the wall in time so that he can have the uh, explosives, the microscopic explosives in his neck deactivated. And there is a timer that it says one minute thirty two seconds. He glances at it. He goes over the wall. And they they deactivate it now. I don't know about you, Rick, but I I timed how how long about it actually took him to do that. It took him about one minute and fifty eight seconds to do all that. So usually in movies, you know, they compress time, but they actually expanded it. But why, right? Because what they really could have done is just set one minute and fifty eight seconds on the watch. My guess is that the the crew that you know built all the special effects and gadgets was so inept they didn't know how to set back that giant or, watch and were just stuck with the time that was on. They inadvertently invented the iPhone and that digital watch worked. It was like an Apple Watch and worked over Wi-Fi. Right. Or 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 maybe they're more advanced than we thought and they invented some sort of time machine that extended but time. It, when you know. open up that other bracelet and push that button that alerts the hawk or hawk, the police chief, that he's still, that snake is still alive. 
All right, yeah. we, we haven't even got to Snake yet. Let's go back. All right, we're going back to the beginning of this movie. All right, so the president crashes in Manhattan. Um, yeah. They don't know where he is, so they send in a special forces guy who apparently was a special forces guy in a war between Russia and America because he flew the stealth uh, glider into Leningrad. Now, does Leningrad even right. exist in 1997, or are we not there yet? Well, I mean, it's... Isn't Leningrad called St. Petersburg yeah, now, yeah, right? Is that the same? Yeah. Fell, they got rid of Leningrad. So there was no Leningrad by 1997 or even after the 90s, after the wall fell. So that was a little bit of a... That was a, a problem. Of a problem yes. there. So anyway, so Snake Plissken... Well, as, as frankly was using gliders in warfare. I mean, I think that went out of style at like D-Day. And, well, let's talk know, about these. They invented stealth, apparently. I don't think they're stealth in 1981. So, so, so John Carpenter invented stealth. He also invented the iPhone app or the iWatch app. Um, and then I think he's way ahead of the game in these microscopic things that attach to your blood, bloodstream. 100%. Okay. But again, that begs the question about the same storage medium that I used on my TRS-80, you know, from like, they did not advance to any more sophisticated. I mean, you know, look, I mean, that was, I guess that was the gimmick at the end that the same storage medium that you record essential data on is also the same one that, uh, you know, some cabbie from, you know, from like the sixties or fifties or wherever that era he came from uses in his cassette deck, which again raises another question is why did they just have tape decks, you know, in cabs, you know, in this advanced, you know, period. Well, I, I were CDs invented in 1981? I think they were invented already. I think they should have been a little forward thinking yes. and said, you know what, you know, cassette tapes, I guess for the 1980 audience, they probably figured, and it's probably easier to rip up a cassette tape than it was to break a CD. Maybe more dramatic, right? Just just snap a little memory chip in half, I guess so. All right. So the president is in New York. They send in the special forces guy, Snake Pliskin, to save him in 22 hours. Um, So uh, Snake has these things injected into his neck that if he does not save the president within 22 hours, these things um, have a small little charge, but it's enough to blow up his carotid artery and kill him instantly. So Snake's pissed. He's, he flies into New York and ends up in crazy town. Now, um, let's go back to, let's go to Chock Full of Nuts a second. Oh, Snake Pliskin, all right. What you doing in here with a gun, Snake? Looking for somebody. Who? The president. Come on. You really here? You find him? You're gonna take him out? Mm-hmm. Take me out with you, Snake. So Snake ends up in chock full of nuts with a girl who said she was caught there after dark. But as soon as she starts flirting with Snake, zombies come out of the floor and pull her down, I guess, into the sewage or into the subway and eat her. Wouldn't she, have known, yes. wouldn't she have known that it was going to happen? I, I don't know, but but a little trivia about that actress. 
It was uh, Kurt Russell's wife at the time. Not Goldie Hunt? No, it was, it was, you know, Kurt Russell's been married like six times and it was his wife. He had one child uh, by her and, uh, and, and she got a very, very small role, you know, in you that think movie. The fact so there you go. And killed um, was Freudian. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. The question is, you know, did he serve the divorce papers before or after that scene? I think that's a great question. All right, let's move forward now. And so, um, when do we, so we we uh, go see Brain? He's looking for you, Brain. What does he want? He wants my diagram of the bridge. When he finds out I'm with you, he's going to want my life. Shit, Briskin, I knew I should let him get to the president now while he's busy. Forget it. He's on the other side of town and we've got no wheels. The deal is off. Just calm down. Harry Dean's. Wait, let's let wait, let's back up about before we get to Brain, because there's a theater scene. Mm-hmm. And and actually, this made me think about the entire movie. Remember the theater scene where he runs into uh, Cabby for the yes, first time. Okay, yeah, and so two things. So one is, um, what about? I couldn't help but notice um, how fantastic uh, the social distancing was in that movie theater, as well as really, you know, in most of the movie. I mean, no one was on the streets. He didn't see anybody shopping. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the movie theaters, they were sitting like five or six seats apart. I thought that was great. I really liked that. But, but can we talk about, probably had a lot of diseases in that. Yeah, probably. But can we talk about brain and cabbie for a second? I don't know if you picked up on, uh, you know, the nicknames. I mean, there was, it was brain, there was cabbie, there was obviously snake and it begs the question. which came first, the nickname or or the or the tattoo? Um, but there were a couple. Of, there's the Duke of New York. We've already talked mm-hmm. about. And there was also, I don't know if you remember the name of the of one of the gang members who they left behind in Kansas City. That Brain and and uh, uh, and Snake left behind. Who the guy was? Fres Fresno Bob. Right. Fresno Bob. And and I'm waiting for them to come out with a prequel called Escape from Kansas City, The Ballad of Fresno Bob. I mean, like, how like wouldn't you leave behind Fresno Bob if if he allowed himself to be called Fresno Bob? I mean, that's the worst nickname of all the bad nicknames in this movie. Fresno Bob's gotta all be right, the worst. Listen, all three people that are listening to this podcast, you cannot steal that idea. We will be doing Fresno Bob, the motion picture. Very shortly after the virus so, goes away, and unless it infects our brains, which it probably will, we will be doing. Uh, I I I think based on this discussion, it, it, it is already uh, affecting our brains. But but all right, let's hear about him meeting. Speaking of brains, let's hear about uh, you know what your thoughts about. Well, I want to hear about. Well, I want to tell you about Harry Dean Stanton first. So, so okay. I was in Los Angeles, as you know, I'm in the music business, and as our listener will find out. <laughs> Um, I was in Los Angeles and we decided to go to this place called the Mint. Well, I'm sitting there um, and one of the guys in the Mint who I'm talking to, and I swear he had a black mesh shirt on and he's full of tattoos. You may not know this, but it was Stephen Baldwin. The religious Baldwin was in here. I was talking to him. He's actually a super nice guy, except that he wears black Mm. mesh shirts. But Um, the musical act came on that evening, which I didn't know who it was. And it turned out to be Mr. Brain, Harry Dean Stanton. I've seen live in concert. Really? (laughs) 
I didn't even know he was a, a, a musician. I guess, I, you know. Please, everyone, go Google it up because you need to enjoy some Harry Dean Stanton, some brain. So, all right. So, so you get it. You got a Harry. What kind of? I mean, what is, is it? Country music. What? What is Harry Dean Stanton? It play? was kind of just Harry Dean Stanton esque. Little country, little I rock mean, and roll, little rockabilly. You know. Do, do you think he and Isaac Hayes had like a jam session at any time? Like you know, during I can a break. Only refer him to, as to as the chef or the Duke, please. Okay, but sorry. Home chef. Sorry. Would the chef of New York been more scary than the Duke of New York? <laughs> I don't I don't that's a great question that's a great question but I mean come on you you can't I mean it's Isaac Hayes you're like downplaying his uh, musical skills I mean I don't think he ever made it to, did he ever win any acting awards but he's won some music awards so why didn't they do Escape from South Park with a chef from New York that would have been fantastic god we're full of ideas no one I know it's great <laughs> it's great all right so Harry Harry Dean Stanton brain uh, who who was pretty clever, but not not great. I mean, I think it was his idea to take Broadway, which led them to that uh, barricade, which almost got them in a lot of trouble. Brain is Broadway. I know, I know. The Duke will take Seventh Avenue. Broadway's got five minutes. No. Yes. Keep driving. What's wrong with Broadway? He wasn't. Uh, I don't think he deserved that, that nickname. But can you frankly. drill for oil in the middle of the Natural um, History Museum? Um, that's where- that there's a lot of bedrock in New York. I'm not sure, but that's pretty yeah, impressive. If, that, that, if, that, if we decided to drill for oil in the middle of Manhattan, could we? Is the question because Brain figured it out. So he. Yeah. All right. All right. So maybe I maybe he is smarter. Than and I not only did maybe Brain maybe. figure out how to drill oil in the middle of Manhattan, but he also found the girl with the biggest breasts. Which true. Which there's got to be some brains there too, because it's not Bronx. I, I I guess that's right. That's right. So can we talk about those those, those those big breasts played by the actress? Do you know, remember the actress? I I don't I remember who she was. I've seen her in other oh, stuff, but I do not remember. There we go. Nice. I'm gonna look up what other movies she's been on, but tell the folks what you think of Adrienne Barbeau. I think she's fantastic. Uh, her acting skills are um, sort of beyond compare. But but I do want to. I mean, I guess there was a place for the brain because I you know brain was not in uh, uh, the Duke's court for most of the movie. Right, he had his own place. Clearly, they had a relationship, but uh, and the brain, I guess, you know, tapped into his knowledge from time to time. But my guess is that the brain was not around the Duke the entire time that he had kidnapped the president because the Duke apparently, I mean, I think it was only an hour into the movie or, or only it was an hour into the movie that they finally decided and it was by accident to open up the briefcase that was handcuffed to the president, right? Like, I mean, think about it. They were torturing the president. They cut off his finger and no one said, hey, you know, we just cut off his finger on his right hand, but there's something handcuffed to his left hand. And maybe we should check that out. What's inside it? They, they never did that. Let's go back to Adrian Barbeau for a second, please. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, yeah. 
Escape from New York was her second film role. Her name was Maggie in the movie, by the way. Shortly thereafter, she starred in the Cannonball Run with Burt Reynolds. Her career is on a wow, on a stellar path. Next movie was The Swamp Thing, followed closely by The Thing, which have no relation to each other. So she starred in right. two movies called with the word thing in it in 1982. She also starred in Creep Show. Then she kind of had a dip, came back up with Back to School. Um, and then that was pretty much it. She had a couple like Judge Dredd, Demolition Man. She started you know, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. And then... Consider... Right? And then, after yeah. this one, in 2007, she was a star in the new Halloween. So it all comes back full circle. So um, I'm really... Um... I don't know if this ever happened to you. You know, you, uh, you know, you went to high school, um, you know, there were some cool people, you know, you know, you know, in sort of your memory, some of the women were, you know, sort of beautiful and uh, charming. And then you go to your reunion and you realize, or Facebook. Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. And you realize that like, you just were not, you know, you were wrong about all of that. Um, And it was just, yes. So, yeah, Adrienne Barbeau, I would have imagined she had a much more illustrious film career. Um, and now you spoiled that for me. So thanks so much. Right. There's a reason. There's a reason, Rick, I don't go to my high school reunions. It's because I don't want to ruin the memory. And you've just done that I'm just, for Adrian Barbeau. Thanks. Adrian Barbeau for, for our listener. Sorry about that. Oh, by the way, so you did mention Snake's Tattoo. Yeah. Um, when do you think that decision was made to make Snake's tattoo come from his pants? <laughs> it was a, <laughs> it was a cobra that started clearly in his nether regions and came up around yeah. his belly button and up his stomach. So I want to know when that decision was made and how that decision was made to have Snake's tattoo a giant phallic symbol. Well, that's that's a great question, and and just to circle back, it it raises another question which is is that how he got the nickname or is that how he got the tattoo because he already had the nickname which came first the tattoo or the nickname? i think it's got to be the nickname because i don't think he could get away in special forces with having a cobra penis tattoo unless his name was snake and, okay all right i'll buy and that it's totally cool then everyone's like, now I have his a- name is Snake. Just like just like Maverick. If he got like a Maverick tattoo before his name was Maverick, people are like, who is this? Or Goose. What if, what if Goose got a tattoo of Goose before he became Goose? After, after he was Goose and got a Goose tattoo, people go, oh, he's Goose, of course. And what if it was coming out of his crotch like the snake was? We never saw Anthony Edwards with his shirt. Or maybe we did in the volleyball scene. Maybe we did in Top Gun volleyball. By the way, Top Gun will be our next <laughs> will be our next movie. We well, but but here's the question: we, I think we did see him shirtless, but only from the front, and maybe the goose was coming out of the crack of his ass. <laughs> Where is Goose's tattoo? Is the question of the day. That's what I want to leave you all with. Um, now right. let's talk about so take it. Um, the chef. Okay. Yeah, Isaac Hayes. Right. Yeah, a rock and roll Hall of Famer, uh, and I think he was a. Rhythm and Blues Hall of Famer as well. So, but go on, go ahead, belittle him. 
by calling him the chef. I just think the giant disco ball and the two giant chandeliers plot probably created a lot of blind spots, blind spots in that catalog. Right. Okay. And and this gets back to both the Duke and his demand for uh, you know certain style, and also, a, you know, I think it's really good character development, and also a credit as I've disparaged the uh, the uh, special effects crew and the and the, and the prop uh, crew, but man, I don't know how they did it, but they bolted those things on to that. Cadillac, because you know it, went, it did some jumps. The last you know scene where they're racing down the bridge. I mean, it went over some serious you know got some serious air. They stayed on there. I mean, I think the hood on the General Lee you know was more flimsy than those chandeliers, and that was impressive. That was very impressive. Well, listen, anyone that's listening to us, we're skipping over a lot. So go back and watch the movie, and this, and then listen to this again, and it will all make sense. So Snake finds the president. He actually he has yep. to beat a circus performer to death with a bat with uh with nails in it uh, right which made me think of the walking dead negan from the walking dead i wonder if they stole sure. that from escape from new york that the first thing i thought of um by the way that guy who was about seven feet five and about 500 pounds was just the worst fighter ever <laughs> He was clearly relying on his, uh, you know, his size and nothing. Yeah, else. he was definitely not MMA. And second of all, would a would a tin garbage can lid stop nails from going through it? Well, you know, uh, Rick, it reminds me drawing on my own street fighting uh, days. Um, I, I found that uh, trash cans. Um, are are pretty good at deflecting blows, but but not against um, sort of piercing uh, weapons. Right. Yeah. So anyway, the guy got it in the back of the head. He died, and I thought one of my favorite scenes in the movie when he was just hanging on the on the ropes, <laughs> just hanging there. Yes, that was, that was nice. Um, so then was classic. have a chase scene. Then they go back to the World Trade Center again, again giving me the. Yep. Uh, some crazy throw, throw the apparently super light uh, glider off the World Trade Center. And that was another cool CGI effect when it was falling. Uh, it was That was spectacularly bad. I mean, that was quite possibly the worst special effect I've seen in any movie. Um, I actually love Maybe I ever. Actually, uh. So we're on the bridge and... Um, Brain, who again not so smart, we've established, apparently knew where all the mines were that were on the Queensboro Bridge. By the way, so they were heading to Queens. Wouldn't you head? Wouldn't you go through the Lincoln Tunnel and completely what? out of Manhattan? Why would you go into another borough? I I don't uh, know. Another, it's a good, excellent. Another question. flaw with the movie. I guess they needed a bridge and a tunnel. Probably wouldn't have worked. So, um, so anyway. Brain blows himself up knowing where all the mines are. But at first, Snake didn't listen to him. He told Snake to take a left. Snake took a right. So Snake doesn't know. Right. You know, when you hold up your hand, and it makes the L shape. That's all Snake had to do. <laughs> <laughs> he knows left and right. But apparently, they didn't teach him this in the Special Forces. So he blew He killed Cabby. Then Brain blew himself up. And then Adrian Barbeau and her big old boobies decided she was going to take one for the team and uh, started shooting at chef and chef just ran her right over. <laughs> yeah. It was a, uh, the body count uh, in that, you know, a minute and a half. I mean, was pretty impressive. 
I did like, you know, when they showed her and she was bleeding from her midsection, which is probably what would have happened. She probably would have been crushed. Although she did have special airbags, if you know what I mean. Oh, my God. And if I could give you a little uh, tap through the computer screen, I would. <laughs> Dudes. Anyway, so uh, Snake gets out. As you establish, it takes him 10, you know, he has one minute to get back. It takes him about 20 minutes. And... Uh, All right, but here's a here's a question. So one of my biggest questions was which came first, the nickname or the tattoo? That's number one. Number two is there's a there's a fight scene right at the very end. It's the Duke versus Snake. So here's a question: in a real life situation between Isaac Hayes and Kurt Russell, who would win? Um, what depends? What are we talking like Tombstone, Kurt Russell, or or uh, or are we talking? I'm I'm just talking about uh, both uh, Kurt Russell uh, and Isaac Hayes are walking in opposite directions somewhere in Bel Air. They bump into each other. Uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, you think so? Really? He's just just faster than Isaac. A little old by then, and a little slower. But um, I I don't know. I I think uh, I think uh, Isaac Hayes has a um, has a Vin Diesel like build and reflexes and would have crushed. Kurt Russell, because you know, in real life, Kurt Russell is only five four. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I've um, actually been in the presence of Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, and Kate Hudson at L.A. Kings hockey game. I was literally sitting right ne- next to them. Um, right, and Kate Hudson is the tallest of all three. Oh, I'm sorry, they were seated at the time, so you maybe didn't know. No, Kate Hudson, I was in the elevator with. We have since talked about that story. Uh, she has zero recollection. <laughs> of being in the elevator with me. I, of course, have every bit of recollection of being in the elevator with her. Yeah, that's about um, right. It's a story of your life. Yeah, go on. Not too many people remember me. That's that's the story. But I've pretty much been in the presence of half of this movie. So at one point in time or another, Harry Dean Stanton, Kurt Russell. Um, by the way, nice. I thought Kurt Russell, always thought this should have been Batman at some point in time. He was the perfect jawline, the perfect Batman. He would have been spectacular as Batman. Really, you think he would have been better than Michael Douglas, who I thought was, you know, really fabulous in the role? Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is an old talk show host. You're thinking of Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. We can cut that part out. Yeah, Michael Keaton. You know, all those all those Michaels are the same to me. You know, Michael J. Fox, Michael Keaton, Michael Douglas. Who am I thinking of? Mike Douglas, yeah, he was an old talk show guy, but you're, I know what you're thinking of, too. You're thinking of... Yeah, that's right. Too. Yes, correct. But yeah, definitely cut this part out of this pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we should just cut out all of the bad parts of the podcast. We, we left with about, you know, 37 seconds, I think. Okay, so let's go to this tape now. <laughs> so, all right, so let me... All right. I'm pretty sure even in cassette tape times, and I used to sit in front of my radio, and when the song came on that I liked, I'd hit record, and it would re- and yeah. I could record things on that cassette tape. Are they trying to tell me there's only one cassette tape that exists that has this fusion thing on it that was the reason why they had to save the president anyway? There weren't copies made of this? Yeah, it all it all begs the question. And and Kurt Russell really wasn't that far away from everybody else. So, you know, this magical like pardon that uh, this, you know, fascist state, you know, bestowed upon him. I have a deal for you. 
He received full pardon for every criminal action he committed in the United States. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. It's not funny, Mr. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. Where the rule of law clearly is, is you know, a, a foundation. Um, you know, he kind of, he's 30 feet away shredding the oh, tape. Um, you know. Why wasn't there more than one cassette of this fusion thing? Why didn't they make copies of this very important cassette? Why? Uh, I, uh, yeah, all, all good questions. Existence. And by the way, whoever recorded that, they couldn't just record it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're all on the same page here, but the, uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of unanswered questions like, you know, why didn't the Secret Service screen the stewardesses better on Air Force One? Um, you know, you know, why did they choose, uh, you know, the uh, island with the probably the highest real estate values in the country as a you know penitentiary? I mean, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of a lot of great questions. A lot of great questions. Statue of Liberty. Um, why did they why when those two guys were on the boat? At the very beginning of the movie, turning back to Manhattan after they got busted, why were they blown out of the water? <laughs> yeah, I all all fantastic questions. I, I brutality to me that set the whole tone. Okay. Yes. So what have we learned? We've learned that Kurt Russell has uh, had a wife that he had murdered in the middle of this movie. <laughs> um. What was your favorite? I think my favorite scene was when they threw the uh, they threw the glider off the Trade Center. That was nice. Uh, we know Joel Need is a number one. Which, by the way, yeah. By the way, they made the president say the Duke is a number one. Why they were shooting bullets around him? Correct. If you were to make this movie all over again, Joel, which yeah. they plan to do, actually, it was announced. Let, let's recast it, and that's how we'll end this podcast. So in the Snake Plissken role, who would you have? Um, I That's a great question. I think I'd have to have Zac Efron. Zac Efron? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. No The Rock? No. No. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I think, uh, no. I think it would have to be Zac Efron, because let's be honest, I mean— Kurt Russell is just a five foot four pretty boy, and that's pretty much what Zach Efron is oh. too. Yeah, Zach, I said it. All right, and Zach's got some muscles. So, all right, that's fine. Yeah, right, right. Um, let's do cabbie because I have a perfect cabbie. Um, the uh, all right. Who's the perfect cabbie? I know who I would cast as oh, the, as the perfect cabbie. Wait, I'm going to say we'll say it at the same time. Ready? Yeah. One. Larry David. I think or or I think Will Farrell would be fantastic. Okay. Do you like that? All right. I do. I, I don't like Will Farrell as a main role in any movie, but I like him as a supporting yeah, right. actor. So I'll I go think with he that. would bring some fun to it. And he looks sort of like uh, yep. he sort of looks like Ernest Borgnine in a weird way. <laughs> it's a young Ernest Borgnine. That's like the that's like the worst thing you can say about anybody. But yeah, all right, go I'm ahead. Crazy. Who else? The, the, the British speaking president, British Southern speaking president. Yeah. Um, well, if he were still alive, I would have cast Burt Reynolds. No, no, it's it, we're casting it today. We're making this. Oh, okay. 
All right. Well, I've just, we're doing my, you know, my wish list, you know, so uh, who would I cast as the president? Um, I think Donald Trump as president would be fantastic. And, and, you know, maybe he'll be available. Uh, I think um, Michael Caine or, or Liam Neeson might be good. <laughs> but he's too tough. No one would believe him as a victim. That's the problem. But you got to have a somewhat of a British accent. Uh, uh, true. Yeah. All right. Let me come back. We'll come back to uh, uh, the president. All right. Who else? Perfect one. Oh, what? I'm sorry. Is it the Duke? The Duke. Yeah. All right. Uh, the the Duke, I think, should be the Rock. I think we should finally cast him as a villain. I know he doesn't like to play those. Adam cast it as Snake, but. I think uh, Ice Cube. <laughs> oh, yes, right, right. He's he's kind of repi- reprising his role in uh, Twenty One Jump Street. That's that's he's right. Menacing. He's a he's music yep. business. Uh, he yep. would probably dig chandeliers on the front of his car. But what what our like new it. version have chandeliers on the car, or would it just have like? Cool- yes. We'd have to we'd have to adjust the chandeliers a little bit, and probably just like a cool hood ornament or something. All right, I like the bling. I think it's nice. Two more. All right, so brain. Who would we cast as brain? Um, brain. You know who brain should be. Um, I hold on. I'm blanking on it, but I've got the I've got the perfect guy for brain. Um, it is um the uh the i'm stalling as i'm i'm googling it uh, um well the, i like the perfect uh, i like another saturday night live alumni bill Hader. i think would be a good brain i think i'm turning this movie into a comedy <laughs> I, I, I think you are but you know but that's kind of like the last boy scout it's an action movie packed with uh with yeah, uh with you know comedians that'll be the one after top gun the last Boy Scout. But I think Bill Hader, because I don't know if you saw Barry, but he was kind of menacing and Barry and and uh, kind of squirrely too. So I think that would be good. But I want to hear yours. Um I I'm uh I'm still typing. I'm still trying to Google it. I got the name of the uh just m- much like I, I confused Michael Keaton and uh, Michael Douglas. Um I have also um confused the uh actors and I'm talking really slowly as I try to figure this out. I think we're going to have to cut this part out as well. Because everyone's true. Um, I'm thinking of um, Jesse Eisenberg. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of is the brain. Okay, all right. I can see that. All right. There we go. All right. So it didn't take long. So I have several choices for uh, Maggie, Adrian Barbeau's part. Uh, yeah. So here are my choices. All right. Sophia Vargara. Is she too old? Um, yeah, probably, but she definitely has the right body type for it. Yeah, sure. Salma Hayek. That might be that might be the one. She might interesting. Be too old, but Salma Hayek. Yeah. Um, I think this next one has the body type. You know what? No, I. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go tell me. It's it's clearly should be J Lo. She's sort of it's like what happened to hustlers, like you know, like in you know the future. That's what happens to her. She becomes sort of a uh, you know maybe. I think um, eye candy to the to a criminal. I think here's another good one too, but I think she's too big a star and will cost us too much money. Is Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, I I don't think she'll go for this role. I think I think you're right. We gotta. 
you got to have an actress that's, uh, I mean, I don't know who it is, but someone that's been in a bunch of B, uh, you know, horror movies, um, you know, sort of following, tracking Adrian Barbeau's career well, path. And, but they also, have to, is, they also have to have the body type. That's the key to this all. True. Oh, it's it's a tough. It's a tough. Uh, it's tough to fill that. that um, so those are my choices. Uh, all right. Or oh, eh, another too big a star, Jennifer Lawrence. Too big. Yeah, I think so. Too big of a star. Right, right. And if we were filming this 20 years ago, no question about it, Pam Anderson would be the choice without it. I was... I was thinking the same thing. That's that's an excellent option, and I think even you know modern day Pam Anderson, because I think this is going to be a grittier version. Is that right? Because it was you know the movie. Was- I do not like when movies become grittier versions. Like let's Total Recall, not very gritty. The new one, which was horrible, super gritty. So true, but and really bad. I mean that was just. In fact, I just watched the original Total Recall. Completely fun movie. Right. Uh, the the remade version. Don't horrible. make it. Don't screw it up and make it any tougher. Or because the great thing about Escape from New York is it's a giant hunk of cheese. And that yes. And yeah, I'll read you that's that. True. That's true. Escape from New York. Four cheese stars. <laughs> yeah, it is fantastic. Do we? It's a great scale? movie. Do we do like from American cheese to? Uh, to to like, what what cheese what well, cheese would you rate this? I don't know. I think we've got to come up. We have to agree on a scale of cheeses. Like I don't know where brie is, you know, or camembert is in on your scale. It's not a brie. This is kind of this is maybe like a uh, macaroni and cheese mix of several cheeses. <laughs> okay, it's sort of a um, is it, is it like a, a Mexican blend? Is that what nacho you- cheese? All right. Yeah. Right. I, I'll, I'll go with That's that. It. So we've so we've established now that we will now have a cheese scale for all of our our movie reviews going forward. If right, I think when we come back, we need to uh, sort of rate the cheeses in you know order so that we're talking the same line. So I'm two things I never thought would happen in my lifetime: one, a pandemic where I have to stay inside my house, and two, that I would be uh, rating cheeses from. <laughs> For for a movie review podcast, so I'm glad yeah. I've had the chance to do both of these. Thank you, COVID nineteen. You got to look at the silver linings. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've exhausted uh, every everything there is to discuss about Escape from New York, and I'm excited. I learned something new, which is they're making a sequel. I think it's um, I mean not a sequel, a remake. Excuse remake. me. I'm really excited about. Correct. That. And then, and then look for our Fresno Joe movie coming up in the next month. <laughs> right, the, the prequel. Right, it's going to be fantastic. Okay, everybody. Bye. All right, thanks so much. Later.